0: This is episode 99 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 99 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. First off, happy new year. I hope that you had an incredible time with family and friends and that you're ready and set to take on the new year. I do want to recap this year a little bit, but first I'm going to tell you about today's episode. So I have Colton Lukey on the show. Colton is a very savvy real estate investor with a very keen eye for the economy. Uh, we talk about real estate investing, doing perfect burrs. Colton seems to be this guy that always finds these incredible deals. So he'll find a deal that he only needs to put in, say, $15,000 into, and he'll be able to pull all his money back out and cash flow $1,500. And we talk about a case study just like that on today's episode, as well as many other topics, including the current state of the economy, what's coming down the road with inflation, what the market update looks like, what we're going to expect to see over the next year, and uh, it was really interesting to talk to Colton. It always is, and uh, I suggest anyone who enjoys this episode, you can certainly reach out to Colton or follow him on YouTube. He also has a YouTube channel where he shares his endeavors in real estate. So now back to the brand new year, and here's what I want to ask you to do: Please write in the comments below if you're watching this on YouTube, what you took away from 2020. What was your big takeaway um, that you're going to apply to 2021. For me, 2020 was a huge year of learning. Um, I learned a hell of a lot about myself. I learned a lot about other people and the way people process information and how we stay within our existing paradigms. So there's a lot of information out there floating around that, uh, you know, obviously censorship's been a big thing this year. Um, things kind of not making it to everybody's ears and eyes. So people are very uninformed on a lot of topics um, and it's led to a lot of misinformation. And uh, not to get too deep into that rabbit hole, but uh, I really, really did love learn how to dig deeper into topics and how to study them and, and really just question everything and that's one of those things that i'm going to be taking forward to next year is just to question absolutely everything that we're told because there's just so many things that we've taken for granted as knowing to be true so things such as how we were taught in school that if we go to work or go to school get an education and get a good job that will be set you know we'll pay into canada pension and we'll be fine those things ended up, you know, I think most real estate investors realize that that's kind of a lie. That's not gonna work out. Um, we took that for granted until we learned better. And I think there's a lot of other things we take for granted. And I really do see 2021 as being a year of learning, uh, being a year of discovery. And I- I'm looking forward to it as tough and as frustrating and emotionally draining as 2020 could be at times. I-, I really do think it was a great year and I hope you do too, because we're evolving, we're growing as people. And certainly as far as a community goes so many people have reached out to me it's been a year of connections as well so i'm grateful for that i'm very curious what you take away from 2020 and how you're going to carry that forward so if you are on youtube write that in the comments let me know and uh you know of course you can always reach out to me on instagram as well if you prefer that at the andrew Hines is where you can find me there Okay, so lots of important topics covered in today's episode. I have included detailed show notes. However, if they seem garbled on your platform because they don't always carry through correctly, feel free to visit them at my actual blog, which is where my episodes post, and that's andrew-hines.com. You can see the show notes there. With that being said, if you're new to real estate investing or some of these concepts are difficult for you to comprehend at this point in time, I recommend that you go back to the earlier episodes where we dissected the basics more and work your way through. I promise you that you will find value in that if you're interested in getting savvy with real estate investing. So many people have said the same and uh, I really do think it's valuable. That's the way I've structured this so that we constantly grow. We constantly uh, evolve in, in what we discuss on this show and we take it to a higher level as we go lastly before we get started with the episode if you could kindly take a moment to smash that like and subscribe button make sure the notifications are turned on if you're on youtube if you're listening on one of the podcast platforms please take a moment to leave me a review let me know what you think five star would be greatly appreciated and thanks so much to everyone who's already done that i really really do appreciate it and it really does help more people to find this podcast so without further ado please enjoy episode 99 with colton lukey happy new year Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have on the show for the second time, Colton, Lukey. Thanks for coming back on.
1: Yeah, Andrew. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to another chat. Colton, you're, uh, you're an interesting guy because you know a lot about the financial markets as well. And we've talked about alternative investing outside of just real estate. Uh, we're both real estate investors, but we both kind of acknowledge there is a need to have other types of investments as well. So yeah. Um, First off, why don't you just tell me a little bit about what you've been up to since the last time that you were on the show?
1: Yeah, so I think the last time you had me on the show, I bought two properties in two weeks. So those properties have obviously closed since then. Um, One of them was a flip that I bought with a partner that sold in June. Uh, Did very well on it, just took a little bit longer than we thought. And then the other one was the duplex in Fort Erie that uh, we've talked about in the past and I've documented on my channel. Since then, um, recently just closed on a two-unit property that will be converted into three units in Welland, Ontario, Okay, and got another triplex essentially firmed up and closing in February. You mm, so just firmed that one up, right? Just firmed that one up on like last week. Okay. So that's in Welland as well.
0: Now, okay, so so going from two to three units isn't as common. Are the bylaws in Welland favorable for that?
1: They are. Um I got extremely lucky on this one that we just purchased that I just purchased because it used to be a triplex. And it's everything's there. All the plumbing, all the electrical, everything's there. Um I don't know why other people didn't see it and it was sitting on the MLS and uh but the bylaws, yeah. Bellens a Sherlock Yarler, um, people you had on the channel say it's the easiest city to work with and it really is
0: yeah they seem really uh, really nice to deal with i remember going in there and talking to them and you know they're very pro development they want to they want to bring people in
1: well they you know niagara has a massive housing crisis we have there's a lot of people looking for homes and mm-hmm. it's very evident when you go to certain cities and you see the homelessness on certain downtown areas and the city of Welland knows that and that's why they try to you know, make the bylaws reasonable so then people could come in there, invest and create more affordable housing. And they're one of the only cities in Niagara region that's doing it.
0: Yeah, I find that whole thing very odd, right? Like no one's really pushing it to make it easy for developers right now. It doesn't really seem like that. Like our province can't keep up with the demand for housing because our immigration, I mean, we have 1.2 million coming to Canada over the next few years. And we know probably at least half of them are going to come to Ontario uh, and they're going to focus on the GTA Golden Horseshoe. So we're going to need housing. And uh, yeah, so we need more places like that. Now, for for some reason, it kind of seems like uh, the opportunity is partially... Uh, in the past with Welland, it's not the opportunity it necessarily used to be. Uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, but when I first bought my first property in Welland in 2016, I paid 180000 Right? And that was a 70s bungalow. Second property, I paid 260000 This property, I paid 340000 So, like, every year, it just keeps going up and up and up. But rents are going up as well. Yeah. Right? So, a the property I'm purchasing for 340000 it's two units used to be three units i'm going to convert it back into three units
0: so you're back okay 340?
1: 340 340 right. and gross rents are going to be around four thousand dollars a month
0: that's all right so you're more than one percent wrong exactly
1: and this again this what do you deal, have to
0: do to get that like how much money are you going to have to invest to get that
1: all in i'm hoping to spend about 15 grand
0: 15 grand on top of your purchase
1: yeah so the work that i'm doing i'm pretty much just going to do yeah. some painting that's about it
0: so per- paint and just clean up and touch up yeah some. and
1: i have to install a new kitchen uh, I'm documenting it right now on my channel, my YouTube channel yeah. as well. Yeah, is so that is that
0: it. new since you were on before? I guess you no, you did have the YouTube channel, but you kind of yeah. you really kicked it into high gear since then.
1: I started taking it a little bit more seriously, I think, and got some traction. yeah but I'm trying to just document as much as I can on there and on Instagram because people yeah. seem to be enjoying it.
0: You had a few market updates, I think, that that uh, got some good traction.
1: Yeah, people really seem to like those. Yeah. And then, but people assume I'm a realtor, so they reach out to me and they're like, I want to yeah. use you as my realtor. It's like, oh, nah. <laughs> I know I'm not, but I can refer you to a good one.
0: Mark keeps inviting me on, Mark Loffler keeps inviting me on for his market updates. I'm like, but I'm not a realtor. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's like, it's okay, you can do the research. <laughs>
1: yeah, and that's why, you know, I guess it's a niche that yeah. maybe more realtors should be updating the markets, but they're not. So I just took
0: well, uh, hey, that's, that's obviously useful. I mean, what do you see? And then we're going to get back to this case study in a second. What do you see the benefit being to you to have the YouTube channel? Like, do you picture it being income and revenue from the advertising rights one day, like the advertising um, that YouTube does? Or is it just, uh, you know, are you thinking maybe partners down the road or lenders? Like, what, what, what is it for you?
1: So my main reason why I started it is my fiance and I have a Instagram investor travel couple and the questions we got all the time was how can you guys afford to travel so much, right? And go mm-hmm. to Japan and go to Colombia and go to Peru so many times, right? And all this stuff. And I, the answer was, well, we invest in real estate, right? And mm-hmm. there's other little investments, but mostly real estate. So then I thought, well, I might as well just start teaching people about real estate or letting them know what I do on YouTube. And it was not for money. I still don't make any money off YouTube. And my mm-hmm. goal for 2020 was to hit 500 subscribers, which I don't even think you get monetized. You obviously don't get monetized at 500. Yeah,
0: you need a 1,000. 1,000, a which
1: it. I'm close to now. But it was more just an education, right? Bring it out there. Show that an average guy like myself mm-hmm. can buy a few rental properties and have the freedom to travel Anywhere in the world, whenever I want, minus COVID, obviously.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> A little wrench in the plan this year. A little
1: wrench in the plan, yeah. I didn't get to travel as much as we wanted to. But that was the main objective, was just peer education, right? And then the the overwhelming like, comments I get from people saying, wow, thank you so much. And, you know, I listened to your videos. And I just purchased my first duplex, and I'm about to refinance. It's incredible, right? And that's what really inspires me to keep going, Yeah. right? It's just that, that, that gratitude people are giving me, right? And just... It, it's a good feeling knowing that you're helping somebody, mm-hmm. right, financially, where our education system doesn't teach people about No, it doesn't finances. do anything.
0: And I've had the same, actually. Um, I've had people say, like, I just, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to do this without what you shared here. And, and I, I mean, I'm not trying to take that credit. I've had so many great guests, including yourself, on here to share. And uh, I just think that, like you said, yeah, it's pretty rare. It's pretty rare that somebody would share and just give away all this stuff. Like, this is the stuff, like, the stuff we talk about on this show is the stuff I would have wanted to know back in 2011 when I was getting started. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting when I have nothing to sell. <laughs> how like, I'll just give it all away. I very much like, I like the the Gary V approach. He says, you know, give it all away and, you know, don't charge a special product or anything like that, because then you'll feel, in, you'll feel inclined to hold back. Right. You'll feel inclined to not share some of the good stuff. And uh, maybe that's a lost opportunity. I don't really, uh, you, know, you know what, I just, I think it feels like it's the right thing to do to just kind of share it. And then yeah. it kind of puts me at the center of the real estate investing universe in Canada. So, or partially one of the centers Absolutely, <laughs> as you are.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. And at the same time, I'm not sure about you, but I've gotten lots of requests, like people messaging me up on stuff, and mm-hmm. I had to start charging a little bit for time mm-hmm. if you want me to go more specific, oh yeah, yeah, right? But overall, like I always tell people, hey, go back and watch this video and this video and this video, right? And you'll learn a ton, right? If you want me to go more in depth, like really yeah. analyze your deal, then obviously that's a lot of time on my day. I'm going to maybe try to capitalize a little bit on that. But oh, no, I agree. It's mostly, it's free education, man
0: okay so yeah it's a caveat here no like I, I mean with my time no I, I don't give that away for free and but it's uh with with the podcast like um, i do get a lot of coaching requests and i do take some of them um with that being said I, most people my response is go back to the beginning of the podcast yes. and and work your way through those first 20 30 episodes and you're probably going to know what you need to know And then if you want, you know, if you need specifics from me or you feel that there's some sort of benefit that I specifically offer to you, then then we can talk. But I would much rather let the existing material there teach.
1: For sure. Absolutely. And that's what I love about your channel is you always say that. Go back to the very first episode. So if you're a new real estate investor, go back to the very first podcast Andrew did because it is filled with the basics that you need to know about real estate and it just continually grows and Mm -hmm. grows more and more with each episode.
0: Yeah, we still dig into the numbers, but Absolutely. I mean it's it's much quicker, right? I'm not explaining what a cap rate is. I'm not explaining what all the all the basics are anymore, right? Exactly. Whereas the first few times we talked about it, of course that was in in depth. So, uh not to go down this tangent. I just think like for for a lot of real estate investors um listening, so you know many new people will be listening to this episode if if you do want to kind of like cement your knowledge, that's kind of the way to do it. Um and then of course considering your own content as a real estate investor like like you said, people do reach out to you. I've had people reach out to me with money to invest. I've had people reach out to me with many different requests. It's not a bad thing to be, uh, to be in the spotlight when it comes to your, your area of expertise. So if you're a good real estate investor, people, you know, let people know kind of thing. Yeah. So definitely. I know that's part of the benefit for you, uh, obviously, maybe whether or not you're, you're taking advantage of it yet, maybe one day you will.
1: Yeah. Maybe one day I'm definitely have gotten the requests, but, yeah. um, I'm not the, the type of person that wants to take on more than I can chew. Let's say that, right? Like, I don't want to be the guy who takes on four or five projects at once and is balding, getting yeah. a ton of weight, becoming unhealthy, right? Because they're so stressed out of their mind. One yeah. or two at a time, right, yeah. is the way I like to do it. Slow and steady, right? Yeah. And But yeah, I mean, the, the opportunities i uh, have been presented to me mm-hmm. because of the brand, right? Obviously branding, right? Yeah. People see it. Absolutely, and yeah, future could possibly be that I have more JVs. Yeah.
0: Build build the brand. I don't even think it's necessary to just do do JVs, right? There's other there's other types of um, opportunities there, obviously with private lending and stuff like that. So, um, never hurts to be to be known again. Like I think a lot of people who are are trying to figure out how do I start a JV, how do I get going, um, you know, how am I going to find somebody that wants to partner? Well, if you don't tell anybody who you are and what you're doing. Good luck.
1: That's exactly it. And, yeah. you know, for those individuals, it's go and ask. Go ask and ask a friend. Like, yeah. that's my my main JV partner. So I have some of my own. I have some of my JV partner. Who's a friend, Yeah, right? He's now a realtor as well. He's my realtor. But me and him just start talking real estate. Well, let's go buy a property together, right? That's yeah. all it is, right? So you might have a friend that you might not even know is interested in real right. estate, right? And that's someone that's close. You trust. You know them.
0: Yeah. JV, Yeah, if you know somebody who likes to make money, (laughs) who likes profit, um, they might be a a good good candidate. So, yeah, Yeah. I mean, that's that's the the family thing. I think the friends and family are always going to be the first that are going to say yes. And that's a great stepping stone to getting more to say yes. You say, well I just did one and you know this is the result. You use every every result of every successful investment to sell the next investor and the next one. So uh, not to get tangent here, but I think that was an interesting discussion. Yeah. And uh, okay, so let's go through these numbers. So you, you bought for 340, uh, $15,000 is what you're figuring. So three, you're per- three
1: forty five. Three forty five now I remember it. Okay. yeah.
0: Okay, so fifteen thousand in so you're in for three sixty what do you figure like are you planning to go back and refi or no?
1: Yeah. So yeah. um based on rundown comparables that just sold in the same on the same street, mm-hmm. uh four thirty five was a rundown place. So I'm expecting to get anywhere from four fifty to five hundred.
0: Okay, so you're you're thinking four fifty to five hundred in the value. In value. In value. Okay. So we'll just say four fifty. So we're talking about a perfect burr potential here. Um, where you, you would potentially be getting 360 out. So you'd be in for nothing. Exactly. So 80% of the 450, you'd be getting all your money back. Well, maybe, you know, minus a, f- a few fees here and there. Um, Let's just work through your cash flow then what, sure. what we think that's going to be. So we'll go
1: 450.
0: Uh, Okay, so what do you figure the taxes will be there?
1: So taxes are 235 a month.
0: So about 2820 a year insurance. Did you get a quote One, on that?
1: Yeah, 175 a month. 175
0: times seven. okay it's so a 2100 a year uh maintenance what do you usually budget for maintenance
1: so repairs and vacancy on a triplex i usually put away about 250 bucks a month 250 a month yeah. so
0: maybe even just say like seven percent or so that's 280 a month uh on this one um okay and then utilities are you going to be paying utilities
1: yeah so one thing is i always put caps on my hydro and my leases okay um so based off of my other properties the hydro should be right around about two hundred and fifty a month for this.
0: Okay, and uh, water as well, or is that-
1: water is going to be around one hundred
0: and fifty. dollars So two hundred and fifty times twelve plus one hundred and fifty times twelve, and then gas a hundred bucks a month. hundred bucks, yeah, times twelve. So looking at about thirty-three hundred a year. Okay, and let's see here. So. Management. Are you budgeting anything for that or are you are you just doing it yourself? I do
1: it all myself, so yeah. I don't put that expense in there now. Yeah,
0: I leave I leave it empty for mine too. I just put in like a miscellaneous in case I have to buy things and whatever software charges if I do something for that. Uh, snow removal and landscaping.
1: Yeah, so I always have one of the tenants cut the lawns. Okay. Um, I put that in a separate agreement uh, as well as they take care of the premises for snow. I provide the salt and okay. the shovels and they take care do of that. Do you pay anything for that or...? No, because the way I look at it is the first one of the first questions I ask is you're gonna move into this property and I want you to think like it's your home. Treat it like your home. So when you own a home, you have to take care of the grass and you have to take care of the driveways, and you gotta take care of the sidewalks. So I'm preparing them for yeah. home ownership. Right. And that's what I expect from my tenants. And I've never once had an issue. Okay, so it.
0: they all just they just do it. So they you have no it. extra cost there. Yeah. Do you have any other other costs associated with the property? No. Yeah. yeah. So one thing like I might occasionally do, especially if it's an older property that has like an aging roof, an aging furnace, is I might budget more like ten percent on the on the maintenance just to kind of allow for that future capital expenditure that I know is coming.
1: Yeah, another and, thing I do is I always put like a five thousand dollar cash injection into that account.
0: Yeah, you just throw five, five thousand in t- just t- to cover it. And then yeah. two fifty every yeah. month, right? Yeah, and it's all a matter of, like, this is all investor specific, like, how people want to look at at their capital expenditure. I know some people actually put it a separate line. Yes. And of course, yeah, from a cash flow standpoint, yeah, I put in, like, I want to have 10 grand at least uh, in the account for that property. But let's just look at kind of how your numbers look. So, based on the numbers you've given me, I just threw 500 bucks in for miscellaneous in case anything comes up. Sure. Um, You would be getting a cap rate of 7.66%, which is pretty solid. A debt coverage ratio, let's calculate that. Uh, if you do an 80% mortgage at 2.2%, say, um, at 30 years, your debt coverage is over two times. So that means your operating income is more than two times your mortgage payment, which is pretty darn good. We're talking cash flow like $1,500. Yeah, is that really what you're you're anticipating here?
1: Yeah, and we're from 14 to $1,500, okay, and around there. Maybe a little, like if I again, um, I'm expecting to get around $4,000 a month in gross yeah. rents, maybe $3,900. Probably right. no, much less
0: than thirty eight hundred, and that's just because the rents are flying up. In, they are, in and well. I'm
1: renovating. These are going to be extremely nice units, right? And With the, only fifteen thousand, yeah.
0: you're like the king of well, cheap renos. You got to take a look time. at this.
1: You, yeah. So, I'll give you a little bit of background on this property. This property was purchased. Well, well, the previous owners purchased it eighteen months ago, mm-hmm. for I believe three hundred thirty thousand. I Might mm-hmm. be off there, but it's around three hundred thirty thousand. They renovated the entire place. New kitchens, new baths, new flooring, everything.
0: Okay. So it's already been renovated.
1: They took the first tenants they came across and that was their issue. And they, very bad tenants, obviously, landlord rules in Ontario are in tenants' favors, couldn't get them out. Finally, they did. Yeah. I was able to purchase the property, but they're selling the property. Kind of at a loss, but it's fully renovated. So I walk in there and I go, "A lot of cosmetic work, right? Drywall patches, mm-hmm. maybe some new floors, right? Maybe some new baseboards." Yeah, the kitchens are in good shape. Bathrooms are all tile. Not much I got to do there. Yeah, right. So I got really lucky on this property because the big ticket items are done. The roof maybe has to be done in six, seven years. Other than that, okay, this thing's pretty solid. So all I'm doing is adding a kitchen. That's why I'm keeping my renovation costs at, you know, around fifteen thousand paint miscellaneous materials, stuff like that
0: okay so where where did you find this MLS it was just on the MLS it was sitting on the MLS and what in your estimation is the reason it was sitting on the MLS
1: I would say the reason probably was um, the tents that were previously in there right Um, it was a dirty very dirty property as you'll see if you ever check out the videos okay Um, and people assumed that it was two units because they didn't see the stove wire in the electrical box that was unhooked that had small writing on it saying for upper level. Okay. And they didn't see in the utility room a hot line, a cold line, and a drain that was disconnected. Okay. That was in the corner of the top level. All right. So I and my realtor saw that this was a triplex. So immediately. So
0: you saw that at one point it was a triplex. But yep. that does not necessarily mean the city's legally going to recognize it as one now.
1: Right. Right, where again, thankfully, the city of Welland's extremely easy to work with, and I knew that just from prior experience. Right?
0: Yeah. So you figured they would be on board if you said, "Hey, I want to add a unit." Yeah. What's in, what are the implications there? Building permit or no building permit? No
1: building, no building permit. Um, they just want to make sure that the fire certificate's up. Like everything's up to so date. So you
0: got to get the fire to, fire inspector in. Yeah, and, and then, then
1: if, as long in Welland, I'm not sure about other areas, but in Welland, if it's um, less than five years old, so they say a new build. And you want to put a basement apartment in? You got to rip out all the drywall in the basement. You got to put safe and sound insulation. Right. You got to put two layers, five inches, all that stuff. If it's over, be five years or six years. You don't have to. You do don't that? have to. Are you kidding me? Nope.
0: See, this is I, I talk about and you know, again f- find, finding the path of least resistance. And and this is why I I, I know I'd been outspoken. I thought Welland was a, a great opportunity to invest in. Do you still see those opportunities as as coming up or are they pretty rare at this point?
1: No, I just found one a month ago, yeah, right, so this triplex is a legal triplex, three meters gas meters all that stuff mm-hmm. um the issue with this one is the rents are really low, yeah, right, so we purchased it for three thirty five it was listed for three seventy five okay um again, it was sitting on the MLs but it was mislisted
0: mislisted right? explain that
1: so. It said um, two-unit property, um, low rent stuff like this, whatever. It's just like named out the rents and everything. I'm not going to name the brokerage, but it's an online brokerage. Okay. Uh, and I've noticed that this is a common thing where they've mislisted the uh, yeah. actual property. Uh, so I said, you know what? I drove past it, and I saw three hydrometers, and I saw two gas meters, and I'm like, you know what? This must have a third unit in it somewhere. I'm sure enough, I go there and the city of Welland allows coach houses. So you can convert a garage into an apartment as long Mm -hmm. as you do it legally. And that's exactly what this property had was it had a former garage with a full apartment in the back.
0: Okay. And they they didn't include that on the listing. They did not
1: include that in the listing.
0: Man, it just goes to show uh, paying for the cheapest realtor or the cheapest anything usually costs you more.
1: Costs you a lot more, yeah. yeah. Because I think this property, we could, we're gonna get it February first. I think we can easily relist it as is for three eighty and it'd be sold.
0: So you're just gonna buy it and just wholesale it? No, to we're gonna horizons? we're
1: gonna close on it. We're gonna renovate it and we're gonna rent it out.
0: Rent and, it out. Yeah. Okay, so you're not selling that. Yeah. Is this with a partner or is this by yeah, yourself?
1: This is again with my. Good friend and realtor. Okay,
0: and is that the same person that you're partnering with on the uh, the one we just did the numbers on?
1: No, what I just no, that was solely owned by me.
0: That one's that one's all yours. Okay, yeah, yeah just to finish up those numbers, not to, um, oh, to yeah. bounce around too much. Um, yeah, so just like three percent appreciation rate, at, which would be super conservative based on what we've seen recently, would be about thirteen thousand five hundred a year. Your mortgage pay down on that's going to be ninety one hundred in the. Uh, uh, on a yearly basis over the first five years, and then you've got annual cash flow of eighteen thousand. So a total return of forty grand on something you're going to be into with nothing. That's not okay. Good. That's not. this is why we invest in real estate. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, not bad for a day's work. Um, what do you? What does your portfolio look like now? Like what do you? What do you have in your portfolio now?
1: So if I include the property I'm closing in February, mm-hmm. seven properties. I think eighteen units. Eighteen units. Yeah yeah you're you're Thank growing
0: you. at a good pace and you're still 28 right? 28
1: yeah yeah the youngin
0: just a youngin <laughs> so he'll uh he'll own most of canada by the time he's 40 no, i don't know about that. <laughs>
1: that might be too many headaches just yeah slow it's true. and steady
0: uh, i i do like i do like that too you know Keep, control the headaches yeah, enjoy cool. your life enjoy your, your daily living okay so colton i wanted to talk to you a little bit about alternative investments um but maybe just start with kind of give me your sum up of what you see happening in the market right now overall uh, for real estate and then the Canadian economy. I know you're super knowledgeable on this stuff, so not to put you on the spot, but if you feel like you want to share anything here, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so obviously we're in the pandemic and it's gone I think complete opposite to what we all thought it would happen in terms of the real estate market. Um, Obviously when you drop interest rates prices naturally go up. That's a common theme. Um, But we still have millions of Canadians out of work, yet certain areas, Niagara, Hamilton, London, prices are rising faster than we've seen in a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And why is that? Well, who knows, right? And I know there's a lot of people moving from the GTA now because they're working from home, right? Because companies are like, yeah, you can work from home for the next year. I guess my concern is what happens when companies sooner or later are going to start, okay, can you come back to work three or four days a week? Are people going to leave these smaller surrounding suburbs and come back? Because... Let's be honest, a lot of those commercial buildings, they're in 10, 15, 20-year leases. They're not just going to say, oh, yeah, we're from home. We're going to leave these vacant. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Now, Niagara specifically, where I invest in, is red hot. Right? There's bidding wars. I've lost out on tons of properties. It's insane. Where I'm talking to um, friends who have condos in downtown Toronto, and it's the complete opposite. They can't sell them, and they can't get them rented
0: yeah that's it's uh it's deadly if you own a condo downtown right now.
1: yeah, and I don't think a lot of people expected that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is going to be, I think a huge issue for downtown Toronto mm-hmm. in the next few months. I think it's just going to get worse,
0: yeah, I see that too, and right. I, I know we we kind of beat that like a dead horse here on this show, but yeah, it, it's true. Um, it, it's a really sad thing when you remove every benefit that existed to being downtown. Every single one, pretty much, without fail. You can't even use your gym and in your, in your condo. Oh, They're all gone.
1: Yeah, there's no concerts. Yeah. There's no theater. There's no reason. And, and you there's pay a premium
0: to be downtown. Right. Therefore, there was no reason to pay the premium. Therefore, no one wants to rent. And then all those people who were on Airbnb couldn't Airbnb. There's no demand for that anyway. But, uh, you know, it just floods the rental market. Then all these landlords realize, oh, hey, I'm losing money better list right and then they list and now it's a race to the bottom for pricing
1: and it sits there and we i've personally been tracking condos because i've always been interested hey why not own a condo in downtown toronto it it
0: might be a time to buy in the near future yeah if if you can make sense of the numbers it depends on how far they fall and not to be alarmist or doomsday or anything like that i mean it is it is what it is i mean if it's an opportunity we can we can earn money on and make a good thing out of a bad situation we should
1: absolutely but you know you don't have to be alarmist it's Prices are falling. Yeah, they are 100%. There.
0: Yeah, I haven't. Right? Uh, I got to study up for for this month's uh, market update. Uh, what's? Uh, do you know how far we've fallen month to month? I
1: can't remember off the top yeah. of my head, but there's a big difference between what you see, like you know what they're publishing out there, and mm-hmm. then when you talk to people in these Facebook groups, and they're like, "Hey, I bought my condo as an investment in May. I'm paying three thousand dollars a month out of pocket. I only make sixty grand a year." I have to sell now. Yeah, and can't, and they can't. Yeah. So you're see, I'm seeing a lot of people trying to sell these on Facebook Marketplace for cheap. Like they just do right?
0: So, so there is the opportunity. And thank you to everyone who reached out to me and told me they wanted to buy a Toronto condo and didn't after I told them you don't have cash flow and you shouldn't do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, um, yeah. That's that's the tough part. So, so Jordan and I, when we saw it coming, and she did not want to sell, it, and I'm just like, there's no way. I'm like you. Come on, you see this. And I laid it all out for her. She's like, Yeah, I see it, but I don't want to sell. I'm like, Yeah, but you know, right now we have the opportunity to get eight fifty. We dropped the price from nine fifty down right. to eight fifty. And I'm like, how would you like it in spring if we're begging and wishing we could get six fifty? So let's let's just Count, you know, count our blessings. Remember, um, yes. You know that one was five ten to buy, so well, yeah, you know, we're 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 in a good position on that, so that's all happy and fine and dandy. And uh, well, that's the
1: bit, you know, don't get emotional at real yeah. estate, don't be emotionally attached, and remember, you never yeah. go broke taking a profit.
0: No, nope, exactly. Right yeah so I, I actually just uh, I sold one of my uh, my student rentals hasn't closed yet, but um, just getting into a little bit of a cash position, not that I want to sit on cash right now, but be in a in a nimble position, ready to move on something if i uh, if I see the right deal.
1: Yeah there's nothing wrong with sitting on cash right? as yeah. long as you're going to invest it yeah. sooner rather than later, right or within a few months, you're going to invest it as long as it's not sitting there.
0: Well, yeah, because inflation is going to do its, uh, its dirty work. Um, and now this is a great segue in. So we, we, we're acknowledging that, that there's a market trend here. You take away the benefits to being in urban centers. People f- kind of spread out. I can certainly say I like having a yard, um, especially when we had to quarantine. When we came back from the States, I was running sprints in my backyard. Right. Uh, I would have gone insane in a condo. So I get that, that uh, movement. And we've seen huge increases in a lot of small markets, too, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the average across Canada and last month's update was year-over-year year year we're 17% up. It's, re-
1: it's crazy. 17%
0: increase. Wages didn't go up by 17%. Oh, I think they went down. Yeah, I mean, maybe real wages went down. I would say actually most likely real wages uh, went down. Um, and when, when we say real, for anybody who doesn't know what that means, that's adjusted for inflation. Right. Um, I question... The consumer price index. I don't think it's an accurate representation of the cost that Canadians have to bear, uh, mainly because housing is our biggest cost and it's not accurately reflected in the consumer no. price index. No. So, because of that, when when our government says our inflation rate is between one and three percent, and that's what they target, I kind of see that as a joke. I, I don't. I don't buy that. I I think that that's. Um, I think that that's a misrepresentation and it gives people a false hope. Well, hey, as long as my investments are doing more than 3%, no. Uh, in reality, I think we're losing
1: our buying power. 100%. We are. Just yeah. look at the price of groceries alone. Yeah. Right? I've noticed just when I'm looking to buy red meat, I'm paying 25% more than I did a year ago.
0: Yeah. Right? Well, I heard... Uh, so this year, I forget what publication this was in, but uh, on average, Canadians were paying an extra six or $700 more this year than last year for groceries. Yeah.
1: And it's supposed to go up again by 750 in 2021.
0: Yeah. So this is where... Uh, and Oh, and then we have our lovely Prime Minister who's doing a fantastic job uh, suggesting a carbon tax. Well, they won't admit to it yet, but it could potentially increase 30%.
1: Keeping money out of Canadians' pockets.
0: Keeping money out of... See, this is what happens when uh, our uh, leaders go, go towards socialist policies. Um, they hurt Canadians and eventually... Um, you know, I, I, I don't know your opinion, but I don't think we ever fully recovered from the 2008 recession. I don't think that that full recovery ever happened. I think it was a, a little bit of a manipulation of the stats. That's why interest rates have stayed low because our economy never went went crazy. We never, we never got this explosive growth that we, we should have had right, with like, such well, low interest rates.
1: What's supposed to happen is... You drop interest rates for a short period of time, yeah, until the actual economy recovers, yeah, and then over you time you raise up. them for the next crisis because the next crisis is to yeah. come. Well, what happens? Well, when... Well, and you
0: control inflation while you're while you're doing that,
1: yeah. right? Well, what happens when the next crisis comes and you're already at two percent? Yeah, and now you drop it to zero percent. Well, yeah. the last crisis it went from five percent to zero. Yeah, so going from two to zero what else can you do okay you pump billions and billions of dollars into Into the the money
0: yeah they flood the money with they flood money into the economy which which is obviously happening right now because all this this serb money all of this money this government uh handouts that's money that doesn't belong in the economy Um, our economy was roughly one trillion dollars um over the last few years we we've basically pumped in a half a trillion and that's, that's money now. But if you understand a little bit of a fractional reserve lending, and I've talked about this on this podcast a few times, uh, that's because the banks basically have the ability to lend out your money. If you deposit $100, they can lend out $90. It goes out into the economy, circulates back. Now they, can, now they have 90, deposit, $90 on deposit. Now they can relend that out $81. And it goes out and out. So in, in, in essence, $100 creates $1,000. So what happens when this $500 billion turns into $5 $5 trillion. In a one trillion dollar economy, where does that money go? Well, I think more realistically, our goods are just going to go five times the price. Right. But what happens if our wages don't follow? And that's where it breaks Canadians. So this is a little bit of a bummer. <laughs> so but this let's, is the real let's conversation. Get in, let's get into what we do about it. That's that's the big thing. So so I know you're doing some things. Obviously, real estate is a is is a great asset to hold because it's a real asset. Why do you like holding real estate in a time like this?
1: Because you get cash flow, appreciation, and you get tax incentives. Yeah. So those are my main reasons. Now, again, don't go over leverage like crazy, right? Don't go mm-hmm. buy a property that doesn't cash flow. Yeah. Don't be, if you're not experienced, a flipper on your yeah. first few deals. Build the experience, right? But real estate can provide years and years of compound growth Yeah. as long as you do it right. You buy smart and you hold the property and cash flows and stuff like that. Another investment that I think is personally that I think is going to be great for future mm-hmm. is precious metals. Yeah. Right. So I've been a collector of precious metals for many years. Um, as more and more money gets pumped into our economy, yeah, something needs to back that money up. While well, Canada right. doesn't have any more gold in its vaults, right? Right. Um, so, do we go back one day to a gold standard?
0: I think we should. I think, Different we should I think we
1: should go on a, yeah, maybe a, a fractional gold standard.
0: Something, something to peg it. Yeah. Something to peg it. At the end of the day, the market's going to adjust. Whatever you can exchange an ounce of gold or silver for, the market will just adjust in value or dollar accordingly.
1: Right. Yeah. And I often get, when I tell people that, yeah, I buy precious metals, gold and silver, they always say, why? It, prov- it provides no yield. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't then. do anything. It just sits there. <laughs> yeah. This one ounce of gold. Right here. Yeah. Bought me a suit in nineteen thirty and more. Yeah. This same ounce of gold today buys me a suit. Yeah. And more. It's insurance. Yeah. It's an insurance against inflation and it's a store of wealth. Yeah. And that's why I invest in this, right? Yeah, yeah, I might not make monthly cash flow off it. I'm not putting all my money into it. Yeah. But I'm having a store of value, a true store of value.
0: Yeah. Well opinion. yeah, and let's get to the logic behind that. So so with real estate The reason that it doesn't matter when there's inflation when you own real estate is that real estate has real intrinsic value. It's useful. I can live in it. I can touch it. It keeps me warm. Everybody needs a place to live. It's good. Gold, less useful, but still useful. It's it's used in electronics and jewelry primarily. Uh, It's, it's, Considerably rare, so people are after it. So it kind of props up the market because there's generally a demand for it, and has been for like six thousand years.
1: It's been used as so, money for six, four, six thousand yeah, years.
0: And silver's been in, in that mix too. So that's why I like those two, yeah. um, because there's a history there. People ask me about Bitcoin. There's no history there. It's you know ten years old, whatever. Um, there's nothing backing it up. It's really, really secure, but we could create the Colton coin and you could say it's the most secure, even more than Bitcoin. And I'm like, but what does it do?
1: Right. And what happens (laughs) when you don't have an internet connection? The power goes out.
0: Yeah. And you you can't use that. So um, I I think that there's there's a lot of logic in this. Now, um, I hate having to own gold and silver because our government is irresponsible and inflates and destroys our dollar because our dollar is just a piece of paper. It's worthless. It's about as good as kindling right if you want to set start a fire you could use the dollar bill and so i mean maybe that's worth five cents ten cents i don't know newspaper's probably cheaper um so that that to me is is really the conclusion i make is the money is it's worthless it's only valued because we're told to value it but back in i don't know when canada unpegged to the gold standard i know in the states they fully removed the gold standard in 71 it was
1: in the 60s at some point i believe
0: and, and, well, in the States, it's it's a lot easier to get the history on this, but they had massive inflation in the 70s and ultimately had to freeze certain prices. Yeah. So was it Nixon that actually said, you can't increase the price of milk, you can't increase exactly. the price of this, and it all it all essentially stayed uh, <laughs> stayed pegged to one price. Right. Yeah.
1: And then we saw hyperinflation soon follow after that. Yeah. Did, did it reach
0: hyper levels? I know it was pretty extreme. Well,
1: 11%, 12%, yeah, 15%. 11. To me, I mean, that's not yeah. hyper, but... When you go from 1% or 2%, you go all the way yeah. up to 10, 12 which I think we're not being yeah. told we are at now.
0: Right. And I think, you know, I think so, so 10, 10, 12% inflation means your prices on average are going up 10 to 12%, even though your wage is only growing up, going up one. Yeah. So we as Canadians need to look at this as what it actually is. Inflation is a tax on you, it's a tax on your wealth, it's a tax on everything you own. The only difference between that and the tax, the direct tax that our CRA takes, is they actually tell you that they're taking the the direct tax. This one they don't tell you. This one they lie to you about. And uh, you know that's that's just the real truth. Unfortunately, we can't we can't be naive about that. We need to understand that. And if we take certain measures, like buying some precious metals, like making sure we're into real estate, that that we can weather the storm with the thing i I get concerned about is every property i own i need to set cash aside for that property in case things happen what happens when it's double the price to replace the furnace next year you know it's painful to watch those accounts sit with cash that's reserved for that purpose
1: but that's also how you're able to sleep at night
0: that's exactly so this is the delicate balance we come back to yeah
1: and that's why I, i go back to it slow and steady
0: slow and steady yeah
1: right invest how much you can invest Mm-hmm. Don't over your leverage self. Don't take on more than you can actually handle. Slow and steady, right? Yeah. You, you, and I get you see people that might buy 10 or 12 properties a year, and good on you. That individual, hey, good for you, right? 100%. Yeah. Me, I don't want to go down that route right?
0: It depends though. Like there might be a project where you'd say, yeah, I'm into that. Like well, if, if it was right in your skill set, right in your area. Like one twelve unit building? I yeah, one 12 unit building 100%. or something like that. That's different though, right? Yeah. But I'm
1: talking, you've taken on 12 projects a year and you're just kind of getting started. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: No, I don't, I don't think that that's wise either. I, I think that a lot of people dive in like I did when I got going and bought the wrong type of property that didn't have the cash fundamentals, didn't have the structural or locational fundamentals that I would look for now. But I just, I felt that uh, FOMO, you know, I, right. I was 24, wanted to get started, and I felt like real estate's the way, and I'm not going to wait. But, hey, can I really say that that was a mistake for me? I mean, I got hurt, lost money, but I learned so much, and it's part of who I am now.
1: You probably learned more in that experience than you did yeah. four years in university. Way more. There you go. It's the well, best you, money you ever spent.
0: University doesn't teach us how to be effective in capitalism, how to be effective in business. It teaches us how to be compliant and a good rule follower, good, good order follower, yeah. um, which there is a time and a place for that. Um, but uh, I, I think that uh, this is so much more important, right? These conversations like this. Um, how long have you been investing in the precious metals?
1: 10 years, maybe a little bit longer. 10
0: years. Okay, so you've been onto this for a while. Well,
1: I, I started as just a collector, right? Because I thought they okay. were cool. And then when I started learning more about what precious metals actually have been in history, I got intrigued, right? And I just started buying bullion, physical bullion.
0: Okay. So for a lot of people, this is going to be just complete Greek, uh, unless you are Greek and then that doesn't work. But anyways, (laughs) uh, (laughs) joke of the day, Um, (laughs) where where would you recommend people look to kind of learn more about this type of investing, to understand more about the stuff we've talked about today and the economics of of this all?
1: I think one of the best resources you could possibly like start learning about gold and silver is follow Mike Maloney. Mike Maloney, yeah. He's a, a huge presence on YouTube. He owns golden dot com, and I would say he's kind of like the forefather, I would say, to our generation and maybe the generation before us of learning about gold and silver. Yeah. And the information he provides is just it, the way he explains it. Yeah. It's kind of like how Robert Kiyosaki explains assets for the first liabilities, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, he does it with gold and silver. And it just, it's easy to understand. And that's who I've been following for years. There's also Peter um, Shift. Peter Shift, yeah, yeah. A little bit more controversial figure. Um, is he?
0: Yeah, I don't know enough about what he says um, to know how controversial he is. I do know with Mike Maloney, I, I've really enjoyed his YouTube series. Yes. Um, so yeah, anyone wants to search that, I will put that in the show notes because I think that that's a fundamental piece of education for every Canadian to know right now. Yeah,
1: the hidden secrets of money. The hidden secrets
0: of money. It's a playlist. There's like 10 videos, but you really only need the first four and then the rest are totally, if you're enjoying yourself, keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Peter Schiff, what did what did he do that was so controversial?
1: Oh, he's just a, he's always the guy who... He's doomsday. He's doomsday guy, yeah. right? But he's a big gold guy, not so much silver, but big gold guy. Um, he also called a 2008 financial crisis like many other people, but um, his big thing was, is gold and, and yeah. our gold standard and how inflation's going to overtake everything. Yeah. Um, and then my third favorite is, uh, James Rickards,
0: James Rickards. Okay. So I have probably heard something he's done. I've not followed him though. Yeah.
1: He's, um, very brilliant mind in, in the financial industry. Um, but he has books as well okay um the new case for gold and a bunch of stuff like that and he's another really good resource to follow
0: yeah that sounds so familiar i'm sure i've i've encountered some of his stuff Uh, but not to brush over um, the peter schiff stuff i do occasionally tune into peter schiff and i'm like wow this guy explains stuff in a really good way he is a little bit of a bummer sometimes because he's super doomsday about everything but i will say one of the best explanations uh, of what's going on um, and also kind of addressing this this uh, socialism movement that's going on right now was when he appeared on joe rogan in the summer yes there was a i don't know which episode it was in the 1500s i'm gonna i'm gonna put a link to that episode in the show notes as well because i think that that's probably right up there even maybe even more important than the mike maloney video just to kind of get a grasp on what's happening and i hadn't even watched the whole thing i watched probably an hour and a half of it hour 45
1: yeah it's about three hours i've watched yeah. it and. In- Probably about two parts. So if you are gonna watch it, just make sure you're comfortable.
0: Yeah, I mean you can <laughs> I think you could still you can listen to Joe Rogan on Spotify, so you can do it in your car. Uh but just the way he breaks it down, because I've been you know mm-hmm. This whole socialism movement and I, you know, I'm not trying to get political here, but the uh, socialist ideas, um, he explains so well why they don't work because they have the right intentions, right? People who want socialist causes always have the right intentions. But at the end of the day, um, if you just take money, like if we go with this universal basic income idea, um, I, being in construction, know how hard it is to get people to work well if you give them two thousand dollars to stay home are they going to come work no, no i'm going to have to jack my wages now to 30 bucks for for general labor um, and then once once that goes up there well what happens to the end value of a home well that's going to go up more uh, and now everybody else is going to expect more your groceries get more expensive so although you gave two thousand dollars a month the net effect is no more buying power for those people. It basically, uh, so the, the whole foods guy had a great quote, the trickle up poverty. Trickle socialism poverty, yeah. is trickle up poverty. Uh, and I know people will argue, well, universal basic income isn't socialism. Well, it's socialism under a different name, in my opinion. Exactly. Um, you know, it, it's never worked. Uh, it, it's, it's never really been implemented and anywhere it's tried, it's been either abandoned or tragedy has followed. So, um, You know these topics i think they're real conversations that we need to have today because it's for some reason i I never would have thought in my life that that we'd be seeing this kind of thing at a global scale too right with the the talk of the great reset and i got to post this there's an article i read i'm trying to find it it was uh forbes magazine i think like 2016 and it was a person talking about 2030 from 2016. oh boy they're like it's 2030 i own nothing i owe nothing i have no privacy and i'm happy No, no joke. Like this was a serious article. (laughs) I'm going to go find it. I'm going to post it in the show notes of this episode when I find it. um, Just to see kind of some of the insanity going on right now.
1: Yeah, there's Uh, a lot of it.
0: There's a lot of insanity going on. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a moment and give a shout out to a couple of very important local businesses to me As you know, this lockdown has been tough on everyone and small businesses have been taking the brunt of it So there's two specific businesses. I wanted to give a shout out to this is a completely unpaid promotion They didn't ask me to do this, but I wanted to give them a shout out because I think they're really important and I want to see them be successful uh, so one is New York, New York Men's Grooming Lounge here in Burlington, Ontario. I always see Sergio every month. Uh, They do a fantastic job. Their atmosphere there is fantastic. There's usually some Frank Sinatra playing in the background. Um, They're a great establishment even if you just want to go in and have an espresso or have a beer and chat. It really is a lounge and social uh, location which is just such a unique concept in today's market. Really like those guys. I really want to see them succeed. If you're looking for a fantastic men's haircut and grooming experience, I highly recommend them. The next one I wanted to give a shout out to is Dr. Mike White over at the Momentum Health Clinic in Hamilton. Dr. Mike has been able to help me many times over the years when I've hurt my back. He's a chiropractor, uh, so I'd be in a position where I couldn't even walk. I couldn't turn. Uh, I was in an agonizing pain, and I'd go to Dr. Mike, and usually I'm 100% better within a week. Now, I know it's a touchy thing with a medical service, so always, always, always consult with your medical professional before seeking any form of treatment. I just wanted to let you know my experience here, and I certainly think Mike White is worth considering i've included the details for both of these contacts in my show notes please show them support if you see fit thank you so much i really appreciate it not to get caught up in the insanity but i just think the better informed we are you know not getting hyped up not getting caught up in kind of uh, paranoia or or, or fear, terror or fear or any of that stuff and just being objective about what's going on so we can make some good decisions yeah, to come lear- out of this learn yeah
1: about it and make your own decision yeah right don't just listen to somebody else
0: Right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm
1: not going to tell somebody, "Oh, yeah, that property is good. Go buy it." It's like, no, mm-hmm. learn why I yeah. think it's a good property, learn why you think it's a good property, and then make the decision. Right, right. Don't just take someone else's word of for course. it. Unfortunately, that's exactly that's what's happening now.
0: Like a lot of people just just heard somebody say, "Go get, go buy something," or "This this market's hot," and then yeah, go look buy what something. happened yeah. three
1: years ago with Bitcoin? Right, yeah. everyone jumped in. Everyone, not everybody, mm-hmm. but a lot of people lost money. Right?
0: Are if, you into Bitcoin?
1: Yeah, so I still have one coin that one I bought coin? in 2017 or 18, I think. Are you I mean. down on it? No, I'm up. You're up? I'm okay. almost triple now. Okay. But that's money that I put away if I lose it, whatever. Yeah,
0: it's just something, yeah.
1: If it goes crazy and this thing hits half a million dollars one day, great. <laughs>
0: right? I just picture that sort of like gambling. Like, I mean, exactly. But I mean, it's okay if you want to like gamble on that kind of thing. Um, everybody has a certain budget for that type of investment. But as long as you yeah. have
1: disposable money yeah. to invest don't put your life savings or money yeah. that you really can't if you're looking to buy a property in the next six to 12 months don't go put money in bitcoin
0: because you, you never know what's or gonna in stocks, happen
1: because you don't know what's gonna happen or in anything
0: really yeah, in the just, next six months like you don't really have the flexibility yeah, just to save it, anything. it
1: put it in a high interest savings account right and let it sit there keep mm-hmm. adding to it with every paycheck you get yeah every side hustle you do and then their money's there for when you want to buy the house not you're pulling it out because the market's crashing which yeah people do right
0: yeah the emotional overreact
1: and usually around this time towards the end of the year early january we always see a dip in the markets people are tax selling right for yeah. loss which if there has been losses this year who knows depends when you bought yeah. but you know this time of year i know we're in mid-december it's probably come out after but mm. you know, always look at cycles previous year cycles right yeah see when the dips usually occur
0: yeah i guess that's a, another good question for you is what do you see happening um with the mortgage deferrals, I don't think that they're they're going to be extended uh, too much further so we're, are do you see us coming to a point where a bunch of people are going to list and this market's going to balance out?
1: I want to say yes, but twenty twenty has proven that you can't not, predict anything. nothing <laughs> makes sense <laughs> nothing because, you makes know sense. majority of so the mortgage deferrals were six months. So majority of those came due at the end of September. Yeah. Then the, the banks usually give you, what, 60 or 90 days to catch up on any yeah, payments? a little grace, yeah. So we're at that 90-day mark, let's say now, and around there, uh, it being December. So maybe the next January, February, March, we, we, might see. we might
0: see it. I was predicting that early on. I'm like, this isn't going to last. But then I, it kind of had me thinking a bit more. A lot of people in white-collar jobs didn't really lose their jobs. They just worked from home, so the income wasn't an issue. A lot of other people got served. So even if they got the deferral, they would have been able to save money during that time.
1: Right. So Which,
0: are we really going to see this massive dump of houses that are getting power of sale and going on the market? Um, yeah, no, I don't
1: there think were a number so. of reasons
0: I didn't think that would happen. Yeah. And one of the reasons is you know a problem among many clients of the bank is a big problem for the bank. So mm-hmm. they'll... Right. Typically would would just readjust the uh the incentive if needed, I yeah. would think.
1: Yeah. No, the yeah. banks are gonna do whatever they can. I mean if we do see anything, it's probably gonna be in Toronto downtown condos and high-end new builds. Yeah. Right? Where people just got maybe a little bit more than they could afford and yeah. it down to one income, right? That's where we might see it, but I don't necessarily think we're gonna see a flood. Yeah. I, I don't, don't think our government would allow it. And I don't, I don't think-,
0: think they would. But again, we're in twenty twenty where nothing can be predicted and nothing yeah. makes any sense. So <laughs> It's been a
1: wild year. To,
0: <laughs> to put it bluntly, yeah. interesting year. It's it's interesting that it's 2020, like 2020 vision. <laughs> 2020 vision wasn't wasn't very bang on this year. <laughs> no,
1: it wasn't at all.
0: <laughs> um, Colton, uh, other thoughts on on real estate you wanted to share? Were there any other kind of stories or case studies you wanted to share, or just some wisdom?
1: Yeah, no. I mean, everyone's. I got people asking me, you know, should I buy a property now? And again, hey, if you can afford it, truly afford it. You know, mm-hmm. you can afford the monthly payments. You have that emergency fund tucked away. Yeah. If you can actually afford a property, and let's say you want a house hack, you're buying it for a rental, if it cash flows today, chances are it's going to cash flow later on as well.
0: But that can change, though. You saw Toronto, right? But Toronto well, was an inflated market. It, it, it didn't again, naturally grow. It was very, did very Did Toronto aggressive. really
1: cash flow? Like
0: I don't uh, think it ever did.
1: hundred bucks a month? Well, right?
0: I, I think for the people in Toronto who got cash flow, they bought and say you know, 2014, and by 2016, they had some cash flow. Right. It was never a on day one cash flow. I shouldn't say never, but generally speaking, not really.
1: Right. So yeah. I kind of, I guess I should maybe phrase yeah. that differently. You know, depending on the market, yeah. right? If, if you cash flow today, chances are you're going to cash flow in the future as well, because yeah. as prices can rise, rents tend to rise as well, right? That's yeah. just natural cycle of how real estate works. So for those thinking, is now a good time to buy? personally i'm still buying so i'm never going to yeah. i'm never going to say yet yeah, you should buy a house personally i'm going to tell you what i did i'm buying yeah. i'm going to continue to buy as long as the deal makes sense yeah. what kind of cash reserve do you need
0: to have to feel comfortable like like in your personal life if you if you feel comfortable sharing that or just per property like what what you feel like comfortable having on hand to know that you can sleep at night
1: yeah i always have a full year's worth of living expenses
0: so for your own personal living expenses per- actually probably what you keep that in cash usually two years okay.
1: two years worth um, that's me, but that's also because I have multiple properties now as well, right?
0: Okay, so you're talking about across your properties as well.
1: No, I'm talking. That's just my personal okay. bank account. I have money in each property account, but just in case, right? Yeah. If I have a roof and a furnace and a flood, right, right, or whatever happens, I got to have lots of cash available. So I'm whole, like, hoarding more cash yeah. than probably I should.
0: Yeah. I do something similar, which I shouldn't. But
1: <laughs> or at should. the end of the day, I mean, I yeah. cash is king. If <laughs> Except when you're losing your buying power. When, when times of emergency?
0: Yeah, you got to have it. You got to have it. None of your tenants pay? Yeah.
1: You're, you can't draw from a line of credit because the bank froze it? Yeah. Like what happened in 2008? Yeah. Guess what? You got cash or you yes. don't.
0: And I feel that way. This is an important point to draw out. Just because you have a line of credit doesn't mean something couldn't change in the bank's end and they couldn't freeze it. It happened this year. Read your paperwork.
1: I th- one of the big banks in Canada said you're not allowed to use a HELOC for down payment. For down
0: payment. Yeah, but I mean, what if they just restrict you? You got a HELOC and they say, mm, we don't like the risk profile or the market value's adjusted. I mean, I've never really dug in and read that paperwork, but I'd be willing to bet, especially with the unsecured, no question, they could just 100%. shut you down. They yeah. could just shut you down if they felt like it. Um, I feel wanted to have like I want to have cash. So so this is a recap of my perspective. Kind of hate investing in gold and silver, but acknowledge that it is an insurance policy, which is something that I feel is important to do. Yeah. Um. Hate leaving money sit in cash, but I acknowledge that's what lets me sleep at night. And we all have to kind of make that move. I know going back to twenty twelve, like this is like me, sorry twenty eleven bought the first property, saved up all of my work wages, didn't pay any taxes because I was self-employed, bought the property, and had no money to pay my tax bill, <laughs> so I had to pull it out on a line of credit. Um, I tell you, I didn't sleep well that year.
1: No, so. but, but, and honestly, I have very similar, right? I put every single nickel I had into my first property. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any money. I was drawing from lines of credit and credit cards. Yeah. That's what it took to get started. I'm not saying people should do that now, yeah. but there's two guys that had to go down that route yeah. to get started, right? Well, I had people ask me like,
0: would you, you know, how do you feel about leverage now? I'm like, well, now I like having a buffer, but I don't need to be aggressive right now. But there was a time where I felt the need personally and I was very aggressive. I was probably over a hundred percent, you know, with credit cards and everything paying my renovations. Yep. Yep. And sometimes, you know, I can't recommend it, but everybody makes their own decision. That's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Whatever you're most comfortable with doing. And even if you're yeah. not totally comfortable doing it, but you yeah. you think it's going to work. That's what I did, well, and I did it. it
0: I think it's work. so important to be self-aware. Right, 100%. we have to understand our ourselves, our emotional response to things, and uh, you know, if we can understand that clearly, we'll know what investment strategy or what what specific approach is going to work for us. 100%. I think I do think real estate is the way, especially in 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 our economy. But that doesn't mean buying in Toronto is necessarily the way. No, nope. uh, but every single person, there is a person where buying in toronto is perfect they can find they have a unique skill set that allows them to create cash flow in toronto so everybody's unique everybody's different and uh this was a super different type of episode which i'm grateful for so i appreciate you coming uh coming to do this
1: yeah, It's always a pleasure andrew thank you for having me
0: yeah man I, I appreciate the market updates appreciate you flashing flashing some gold bullion on the uh <laughs> on the screen um and uh yeah i'm looking forward to might get to, to meet up and check out your properties in uh in, well in the near future so
1: yeah come on by Looking forward to it.
0: Okay. Uh, where do people reach you?
1: Yeah. So uh, my Instagram is, an, is uh, Investor Travel Couple, uh, and you can find me on YouTube at Colton Lukey.
0: Colton Lukey. Uh, okay. So I'll post those in the notes as well. So there's going to be huge show notes for this episode. Um, you can go to my website for the clear ones because the ones on iTunes or Apple Podcasts are all garbled for some reason, but just go to my website, andrew-hines.com, if you want to uh, easy have easy access to that. So Thanks again, Colton. Really appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll see you on the uh, the update episode that's going to be coming in the near future. We'll talk soon. Talk soon. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks. I'll see you on the next one. guys i just wanted to take a moment and give a shout out to a couple of very important local businesses to me as you know this lockdown has been tough on everyone and small businesses have been taking the brunt of it so there's two specific businesses i wanted to give a shout out to this is a completely unpaid promotion they didn't ask me to do this but i wanted to give them a shout out because i think they're really important and i want to see them be successful Uh, so one is New York, New York Men's Grooming Lounge here in Burlington, Ontario. I always see Sergio every month. Uh, They do a fantastic job. Their atmosphere there is fantastic. There's usually some Frank Sinatra playing in the background. Um, They're a great establishment even if you just want to go in and have an espresso or have a beer and chat. It really is a lounge and social uh, location which is just such a unique concept in today's market. Really like those guys. I really want to see them succeed. If you're looking for a fantastic men's haircut and grooming experience, I highly recommend them. The next one I wanted to give a shout out to is Dr. Mike White over at the Momentum Health Clinic in Hamilton. Dr. Mike has been able to help me many times over the years when I've hurt my back. He's a chiropractor. Uh, so I'd be in a position where I couldn't even walk. I couldn't turn. Uh, I was in an agonizing pain and I'd go to Dr. Mike and usually I'm 100% better within a week. Now I know it's a touchy thing with a medical service. So always, always, always consult with your medical professional before seeking any form of treatment. I just wanted to let you know my experience here and I certainly think Mike White is worth considering. I've included the details for both of these contacts in my show notes. Please show them support if you see fit. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.